Hey, I know Liza knows who this is, but I'd just like to say, I think Cat would look great on the back of my Harley. Or heck, maybe on front of it too. Hey there! Welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits here at the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. I'm back to calling it sunny again. I don't it's care. Sunny. People, it was, people it are was miserable nice today. in the rest of the country. It's sunny. It's nice here. So tonight in the garage, this is Eliza. What's up, wigwams? Hey, hey, hey. Did I get it right? Hi. No. 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 <laughs> wigwams. Not at all. <laughs> I got next to me running the board. I got Zach. Present. Here for the first time, we have Stu. Hello. <laughs> next to him, we got Douglas. Wubba lubba dub dub. And back after a long hi- hiatus, conquering the world is Zoe. Hey, everybody. Next to her, we got Kat. Meow. <laughs> next up, we got Jim. Word to your moms, I've come to drop bombs. <laughs> <laughs> got more rhymes than a bottle's got sorrows. <laughs> <laughs> See, Stu, you missed your opportunity. Uh, I said hello. Okay. <laughs> next, to, next to the gym, we got Charlie. It's getting cold. That's it? Yeah, it's, it's bad. It's all that he's got. Totally We're having a weather report now. Someone sit in his lap. I wholly yeah. understand. We're just sitting on ice. Sco- scoot a little closer, Bagel, because Bagel is here, too. I have the jacket on. <laughs> I need something to warm my legs. Say hey, Bagel. Hey, hey. There we go. So, um, I wanted to um, talk, since we we usually start with what we did today, but not a lot happened today. A couple wrenches got turned and things got poked at and... Well, I got the ninja back. Ninja came back. Again. Sage cleaned, uh, no, he tightened the air intake thing. There was a carb cleaning from Jim. We got shit done. I put a chain on the rat bike because everyone's been giving me shit about just continuing Uh, to take out links every time it stretches. It was quite the chain, too. (laughs) Exactly. Wait, can I do that? Can I just take a link out? Why not? Will it still be kinked? Is that an issue? Yes. Kinked? Replace the chain. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> your, your R6 is different than my Rat Bike CB750. You mean it's not okay at 140? Right. Link right, 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 right. <laughs> um, your CB750 ran today, though. I, uh, yeah, it's not running well. But it know. ran. You did something to it. Um, so I wanted to talk real quick about a nice little adventure that Jim and I took yesterday. We went on a little field trip of sorts. And Jim, this was your first trip over Highway 17, which <gasps> is where we are in Santa Cruz. Um, we're right on the ocean, but right behind us is a the Santa Cruz Mountains. And the only way to get to the next to San Jose is you got to go over the hills we call it so would you y'all is it a freeway what do you describe it as it's a highway it's a highway a racetrack it's a racetrack yeah. it is a winding mountain racetrack it's a bank, it's it's a bank awesome. turn fucking two lane racetrack mm-hmm. yeah pretty with much some... filled with lots of people who don't know that they're on a racetrack bunch yes. of Priuses yeah. that don't know how to use a turn signal right you get a combination of the tourists who are white knuckling going slow uh, no. and you know who that is uh, that sounds Someone's like pumpkin and, and you get the locals who know the road and are just carving it up. So Jim was a little sketched out about riding his big boy bike for the first time over Highway 17. Mm-hmm. Jim, how was it for you? It was it was cool. I was glad. It was something I wanted to do, right? But it was, it's like fear of the unknown more than anything. Because I've been riding you know, through the mountains for, you know, oh, well a while relatively but you know doing the rides up to alice's and things like that and i'm 
really comfortable doing it. So I knew I could do it, but the only thing that I, I told you was is traffic. Because I, I drive that hill every day, right, in a truck, in the cage. But I see so many people that don't use turn, like turn signals, change rate lanes really quickly without using a turn signal. Like, I just see it all the time. I see a lot of carnage on that road. So I wasn't scared as much as I was just respecting, you know, you take it seriously. If you're gonna run, if you're gonna drive 17 on a motorcycle, you're not playing, right? You guys do it all the time, but but it was something I wanted to get out of the way because I want to do a lot of riding over the hill. So, and as I was telling you, you have an advantage on a motorcycle. First of all, we can go 20 miles an hour faster than a car, and we're going faster than that. But yeah, but, but I mean, we can go 20 miles an hour faster than the car and and drive as safe doing the turns without taking risk. So we have an advantage, but did I make it easier for you? Yeah, when you were doing it one-handed half the time and then you did a little disco dance. Half the time, well, the whole time. Yeah, and then disco dancing over the summit to, I think, the Bee Gees, if I remember. Yeah, I put on disco music and I, I boogied and shook my rumpa and danced and- But it was fun because our one hand in the whole way. Yeah. It definitely helps having somebody that's really relaxed go with you. Because I remember the first time I went over 17 and I was shitting bricks beforehand. I remember rolling up to the gas station and sitting there going, oh God, I can't do this. I can't do this. I've driven this road just about a thousand times and I love driving it, but getting on a bike is a whole different thing. And I've seen so many people roll their cars and take out other cars. And I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> this is happening right now. Bouncing off the median. And then it was, yeah, yeah, then it was fine. Once you get it out of the way, it's just, it's just this huge daunting tasks that you have to get out of the way and then you're fine with yeah. it. But then it opens the doors to a lot of cool stuff. Exactly. There's so you know, much If you go down, there. I mean, Megan knows what that's all about. It's not that bad. You just hit the back of a car and slide underneath another one. Yeah. Yeah. Or not that bad. Yeah. Not yeah. that bad. Yeah. Or long. Dude, listening to Antonio talk about that, it wasn't the fact that you went down that was scary. It was hearing you scream as you were sliding under a car. Fuck that oh, mm. uh, oh my god so we so we started the day with that we was like okay we'll start with 17 but it was cool it was a fun ride because it's a cool road when there's not a lot of traffic it's a fun road to ride i mean sure. yeah, yeah. it was cool we were getting into it. at least i and eliza was dancing but um <laughs> but then you know fun. then we go up 880 you know then we you know gets a little bit more trafficy. then we get on 580 um and out to the salvage yard but like i said you know you go over 17 it opens up a whole new world you know i still enjoy going through the mountains a lot better than going over 17 but um it was a nice box to check nice Keep moving on and uh oh real quick uh fruit loop has just joined us hello hello you haven't turned figure out how to turn the turn mic, your on. mic on there's a switch <laughs> try a different accent do us a favor and leave his mic off <laughs> <laughs> you can just kind of hear him in the background that how you too. doing there. hey how you doing how you doing so um, the reason for our trip is we I went to take him to a couple of different motorcycle places and kind of give him a lesson in motorcycle culture and what I think is cool. So our first stop was up to Hayward Cycle Salvage, which is uh, uh, Douglas and I went and did a little field trip. Yeah, and what we found out was shit's expensive there. <laughs> like, they knew what they had and they knew what they could get for it. So, I mean, yeah, sure, some parts were, were reasonable, but the stuff we wanted that was, you know, actually worth something, they, they you were going to pay for it. Yeah, but it's really well organized. Yeah. Everything's well, labeled. And, or, and and what do you pay for there, Liza? What do you, what do you, what is one of the things you you buy when you buy a part? Well, you're paying for their help and assistance and service. Too. And making sure it works. They yeah. test everything. They make sure what you take out of their functions. So it isn't the old boneyard of my old days when you go take a wrench and just 
take parts off and give them you know five bucks but um they had a lot of stuff there it was really cool to see what they had um and then we sailed on over to dublin to go to the arlen ness arlen ness superstore yeah so for all y'all sit in this room i don't know if you're aware of this but above the couch here i have a blue bike a model that's in a case that is one of my favorite arlen ness bikes so um, I've been there many times. Arlen Ness is a, for those who don't know, he's a he's the grandfather of custom bikes. He he literally is. I mean, everyone today who builds custom bikes, they all look to him. He's the one who really started this. Yeah, he was building in San Leandro like in the late '60s. Choppers. And um, and now his son Corey and his grandson Zach are also builders. So he actually is. So he has a uh, Indian and Victory dealership. And then he also has a museum um, in the building with a lot of his old bikes that he's built through the time. And we pull up, and I, I look inside the window, and I go, Jim, oh, my gosh, that's Arlen sitting right right inside the window. Like, I've been there so many times. One time I saw him walking through the the showroom, and I'm like, excuse me, can I get a picture? Yeah, yeah Zoe. We met, we met yeah. him. Yeah, I'm like, hey, can I get a picture with you? This time, we walk in, and Arlen walks up to us, and is like, <laughs> hey, how's it going? Would you like to try a, try out a victory? I got some bikes out here. Hop on. Take a test ride. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Hard We're gonna, sell. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to sit on a few $20,000 motorcycles first though <laughs> yeah so we went and did a ride which was really cool and yeah then, they were super generous hey thank you for the test ride that was cool and then we came back and and um i was giving it jim i think a lesson in, in cool so jim you want to say some some of the highlights that we saw the bikes that we saw oh there yes. well right when you walk in there's cool bikes parked out front there's people's own harleys there's bikes that were probably built there then there's some of their bikes that you know for for sale there so and then it's, it's a really well done entrance like think about arlen you realize he's as much artist as he is motorcycle builder and and i think that's like his core is the artistry but then you go in and the first thing you see up on the, this big open wall is the i can't remember the name of it liza but it's the dual in the synced two-engine motorcycle that's like 15 feet long and it's like welcome to yeah to arlen s and uh, then you start looking around and everywhere you look are just these big beautiful motorcycles with lines that are super clean um but some of the highlights you go upstairs to the museum um it's like where do you start there's the fire engine that underneath, <laughs> underneath all the fairings has nitrous, you come to find out. Um, I don't know, Liza, what were your highlights? Yeah, he's got one that's like a, what, a 57 Chevy with the, the tails, yep. the tail on it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hulkster. The Hulk, Hulk Hogan's, Hogan's bike. bike. <laughs> Was there actually? The grips were warm. Um, <laughs> you look at these bikes, and there's amazing design, metalwork, fiberglass, uh, machining on the engines. They'll do these little diamond cuts mm-hmm. in the fins. Like tiny little eighth inch diamond cuts in the fins. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. But a lot of these bikes were from like the seventies, you know, before the the latest chopper fad kicked in. These bikes were like from the seventies, and you're like, this was like way ahead of anybody's time back then. You're seeing things with blowers and nitrous and like yeah, turbocharged, like twelve turbochargers. <laughs> there, there's a couple bikes I, I love to play the game. So you might remember this. Here's the game, Jim. Let's play. Where's the gas tank? Because it's an open frame. It looks like a lawn chair with an engine in it. You know, it's an open frame. And one of them, the 
gas is in the wheel. They have a giant, like a wheel cover that's just a big circle, but it's, I don't know, (laughs) thick. And it's inset into the wheel. And so it doesn't spin, but the wheel does. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty rough. And so you, it just looks like a solid wheel cover on the rear wheel. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's a lot of really cool engineering in there. And just everywhere you look, you know, Liza did help me understand by pointing out all the details, you know, of the Nest stuff. Like when you first walk in, she's pointing at this detail, that detail, you know, the lines, the shapes, um, and then how it's constructed. And then you have that in the back of your mind as you walk around and then you start seeing, okay, now I can rec- I recognize recognize Arlen Ness stuff and it's it's he, really creative does he does a lot of double-headed uh, intakes right like they look like a, like a snake with two heads kind of on even on both sides there will be like four of them and then they have all that like gold etching and crazy yeah I mean everything no two bike is really alike no they really no. aren't um and he's been doing this for decades there's not many people can say they've successfully been doing this for a decade and he's now the designer for Victory. When Victory mm-hmm. came, they said, "Hey, designer bikes for us." So they've all got these just nice little lines and details. And and he started his first bike. He bought for three hundred bucks with money he gambled bowling. <laughs> <laughs> right. You realize wow. that, and then you go see what he's got going on now. And three generations. Don't forget. Right. It's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. So it was really cool. We had a great time. Got to meet him, chat with him for a bit, and just to see a bunch of his bikes. Then we packed up and went to the next destination. Mm. And Jim didn't know what he was in for, but I took him over to Raber's Part Smart. Oh, no. (laughs) That place is cool. So amazing. Amazing. Uh, Raber's Part Smart is a vintage British shop um they do full restoration all they, the dudes there are vintage too they do yeah it's a bunch of crotchety old guys and <laughs> they weren't crotchety they were real cool they are i bet everybody else they're pretty crotchety yeah, they, they were pretty they happy like to me. see you yeah they throw me the keys to the soda machine go help yourself mm-hmm. um and it's got room after room of shelves and little tiny boxes with little tiny bits like well organized and and like yes, yeah, so I'm taking them through, and I'm like, look at this, and you're pulling out cardboard boxes, and it'll say, O one dash two nine three four, and you pull it out, and it's a box of tiny rivets, and the next one is O one dash two nine three five, and it's going to be a four inch, half inch clear tubing. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. everything for every bike you can imagine. These BSAs, Triumph, everything, they have them warehouse. They have bought up goods and they supplied people all over the country uh, for those who have british bikes looking for parts mm-hmm. ravers part smart and you scored some San parts Jose. you strapped some parts on your bike for the ride home yeah i always go up into the attic and they have a handlebar bucket when they do restorations <laughs> they take bars off and just throw them in the bucket and i dig through and i found a nice pair of uh i think they're from like a triumph or an aerial they're kind of low low bars um they caught your eye immediately. with a pullback and 10 bucks and already Jonathan bought him for me to put on his route. For 35 <laughs> <laughs> Oh. So, yeah, that was, I think, Jim was just starting to get, like, overloaded, like, oh, yeah. each one walking of those, around. Yeah. Each one of those places was cool on its own. Um, you know, and the interesting thing, Chris at the salvage yard, him and Arlen basically started at the same time. And they've known each other forever. So, you know, we run into so many people that tell cool stories and just more people that have really cool stories to tell. And super generous, super nice. You know, they both were. Arlen, like, like we as soon as we walk in the door, like, within the first 10 seconds, there he is. Hey, you guys want to ride a bike? We're like, uh. And he's like, hey, go ahead. It's easy. 
and that was cool too riding those bikes that was kind of nice yeah so that was really cool and then um yeah the other thing i love about ravers is they let me just take people through and walk through their well how long was that guy restoring that bike remember the guy that had the magnifying glasses on yeah he had been working on a aerial square four it was there for years every time i take people through it was there it wasn't there i'm like what happened and he's he's moved on to a was it a triumph it was in pieces i don't know uh, he's pulling basket cases out and doing restorations that take a couple of years. Yeah, he was into it at least like I want to say like twelve or thirteen months. Oh yeah, man, one motorcycle. They do really and amazing it's still in parts. Oh, oh yeah. Shit. He was working on the engine. I mean, every piece comes out and gets restored, replaced, remachined, everything. I just feel they like saying a, rest in pieces. <laughs> they have an impeccable shop. Anyway, I just love that kind of place. It's just full of grease and old posters right. and just bike parts everywhere you know the other cool thing that seems to be more and more universal is everywhere we went to it was a bunch of people sitting around just shooting the shit hanging out like yeah. any one of those places you could have spent the day in a chair like even like we do here just bullshitting each one of those places it was pretty cool and then we finished up with a quick trip over to cycle gear so because i wanted to buy some new boots and mm-hmm. i ended up getting gloves <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's how it works mm-hmm. But, yeah, cool I, it was a good day. I think I wiped him out. <laughs> yeah, you did. I was pretty wiped out when I got back. He's like, I have to go home and just process all of this. Yeah, well, you also have a nice touring windscreen. And I think over time that helps a little bit, too. Especially yeah. like we were in the, like yeah. we're in nice sunny skies. All of a sudden, pow, like Fremont or somewhere, the fog. Like, oh, there's fog. Oh, yeah. Bam, we're in fog. It's like, oh, that's cool. Now I can't see my visor. My visor's all, like, wet, you know, and dewy. So I'm wiping it every 30 seconds or so, and then I catch up Eliza. Hey, what about that fog? She's like, it all went right over my head. <laughs> With my heated grips and mm. Airhawk seat pad and my phone charger and my Bluetooth disco music playing and the, and the helmet. Oh, yeah. It's like mm-hmm. the best thing to have a helmet Bluetooth. I thought it was overrated until I got one, and it's, it's basically God. I get grumpy when I have to ride without it. I'm like, I don't get to listen to my music, and I can't dance at stoplights. <laughs> so we... Yeah, we had a great time and made some connections on this trip that I think are going to be coming through in future podcasts. So I'm excited about that, too. Hey, um, I want to get next to emails because once again, we had some amazing emails. And Kat, I think you have one there to share because I might want to get this guy on for a future podcast. Cool. Yeah, we have an email from Nitrous Chris. Hey crew, my name is Chris and I'm from southwest, southeast Wisconsin. I work in a heavy equipment fabrication shop and wear earmuffs over my earbuds all day in the shop. <laughs> I work solo most days, in parentheses, and I use a pocket radio to drown out the oy vey noise. So, <laughs> I hate radio music and I usually just listen to my talk radio all day, which is nothing short of depressing. So, I did a Google search for motorcycle podcasts and boom, there you were, like a life-saving beacon of positive awesomeness. <laughs> you, you don't know Liza that How well, many do episodes did you listen to? <laughs> now, I'm working my way through all of your shows slowly, but it makes my day so much better. Thank you for that. I love the variety and the real world conversation. I feel like I'm right there hanging out with you. And now that it's 35 degrees here, I wish I was. (laughs) I'm a motorcycle drag racer with a back road adventure habit. Sounds like my type of guy. I currently have a 99 ZX9R street drag bike that I built eight years ago. So it's, it's my collector I recently bought back last year. 
I also have and currently race an 03 Jixer 1000 that weighs 300... Yeah. Jixeretta. Get the shrill marks. Um, <laughs> 367 pounds and it makes 267 horsepower on two stages of nitrous. Dang. Wow. wow. How much? I was street dutying that one till I bought my third and most loved bike, an 08 KTM Super Duke. There it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Between races, I love to get out and back road it everywhere. I just wanted to say hi and thank you for all, for making my days now cold as hell a bit, bit better. Up the butt bike would be an EBR SX. Yeah. If I had the chance to ride one, I'd, and oh, I had the chance to ride one and I loved it. And I want to point out, this is somebody who's got three very fast bikes. Yeah. yeah. That's a high bar to, to reach, run up the butt bike. He also noted that I love naked bikes, and they are built in my backyard. Uh, well, they were anyways. Looking forward to all the new and new-to-me shows. P.S. I need to order a baseball shirt. <gasps> Size large. Thanks, guys. And that's a great segue into, hey, don't forget, we've got t-shirts for sale. Do we get a new, a new batch in? I have a new batch coming, um, but I still have plenty of the baseball tees, the gray and black baseball tees. Twenty-five dollars uh, to to the Recycle Motorcycle Garage at gmail.com via PayPal, and I will send you out a shirt. And they're really soft and nice. I just don't have any extra larges right now. No man sizes. You got to get some man sizes in there. <laughs> Mediums and larges, but I've got talking two, three. The new X. shirts are actually on the way, and they are going to be navy blue. Nice. Ooh. Yeah. I'm just going to note that this guy looks badass. So, yeah, show everyone the he picture. He sure sounds badass. He sent us a picture on his drag bike. Nice. nice. Check that out. He looks mean. I just what? kept thinking that Lucas would be so jelly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the sick chicks are right there, yo. <laughs> Jeez. All right, I guess I'm up for the email. The next email, uh, the purpose of this email was to bring to attention uh, some... <laughs> activity on Facebook that this individual uh, Facebook or Craigslist I'm sorry Craigslist uh, this <laughs> particular individual had problems with um, the point of this is to bring to light some some things that could alert you to a possible scam uh, he says hello misfits I know how you guys love Craigslist listings well I like to sell on Craigslist and I found there are many scammers trying to get your money when you're selling items uh, this guy tried at least once a week with my listing they want to buy your item and then send you a check and then that and then a person to pick them uh, pick up the item yeah so uh, below that he's got a, a discussion between him and the and the potential buyer saying uh yeah is the item still available what condition is it in it's a aprilia dorsodoro seat in a uh decatalyzed uh a pipe for 200 bucks he says yes the condition is like new on the seat uh with the pipe you see the pictures the guy says yes okay can you send me a picture if possible well we just <laughs> first said tip that off. that's yeah. the first tip he's not reading the previous things um i will be making payment for it with a certified check and i will arrange for a pickup once the check clears kindly get back to me with your full name and mailing address so i can have it mailed tomorrow second tip off yeah uh the conversation continues this guy doesn't know it's a scam yet um where'd you see the ad craigslist yeah i like what i saw and i would love to proceed with the transaction please get back to me with your full name and mailing address so i can have it mailed tomorrow again third, third tip off Sorry. nothing specific right. about your ad uh the conversation continues more about the item but then it says what is the zip code i am sending it to a c so i can figure out the shipping charge uh the guy responds my mover will come for the pickup once you have received the c and confirmed the payment mover it's fucking sounds yeah. like a drug deal right now. He's mover so, and shaker. <laughs> yeah, the point being, don't. 
this is very typical. I've actually witnessed this myself trying to sell a bike. The guy's like, "Oh, I'm on the army base, and I'll send my I'll send a U-Haul with the guy to pick up the bike once you get once you get the check in the mail." It just um, don't do that. Yeah. yeah, cash in hand. Yeah, if if, if you've got if you got somebody who needs to come and have somebody pick something up, have them send the check to that person, and they can cash it, and then give you the cash when they pick up the right. item. There you go. Cash Only take cash. Right. In person. That's it. That's all you got to worry about. Prefer- even, preferably not counterfeit. Yeah, even with checks, if you go with them to the bank, it can clear for the first 72 hours, and then they can revoke clearance. So even if you go with the person to the bank, don't yep. take yep. a fucking check. Just take cash. That's all you got to worry about. Yeah, so thanks for sending that in. It's been a while since we've talked yeah, about I hope, it. Yeah, I hope they stop talking to this guy, and I hope this guy... I like. I know when it's a scammer. I like to keep stringing them along. And stringing them along. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> so you start fucking with them and be like, "Hey, I'm gonna send my post op man to your house. You give him the check." And I think he, at the very end, I think he did. I think he, he realized he was onto it, and he and he, he turned it around. Oh yeah, he says, "This is my shop address and my name: Bob A. Buoy, Baba Buoy, <laughs> <laughs> care of Precycle Garage, Laurel Street, in Intercourse, Pennsylvania." <laughs> Thanks for your business i will text you when i get the payment and give you direction to the pre-cycled garage (laughs) yeah that's good you can have fun with these guys nice exactly well that's a good segue into our next segment guess what time it is Uh, craigslist Stu's Booyah, like, Kasha. what is the happening? The fuck is going on here? <laughs> okay, everybody, pants oh, no, down. I can't wait. wait. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> we, just, we just can't afford professional intros, that's all. So, Stu, the Craigslist porn pick of the week is when we pick an ad on Craigslist, something that's under $500, <coughs> because we find we all sit there at night looking at our porn on the computer, which happens to be Craigslist motorcycle ads. And nobody wants to pay Mostly. more than $500 and for And so porn. we find... Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we find some great deals. And I found a great deal... I think. Let's see if you guys agree with me. Because there's someone here in this room who's interested in buying a dirt bike. Is it orange? There's multiple people it, interested mm, in buying a dirt bike it's at faded all red, Everybody so. looked at everybody. Is it yeah. a scooter? <laughs> it's like a game of Clue. Jim, I'm looking at you. I know. I found here locally in the Bay Area a 1984 Honda XR250 for $250. Is it the dual carb or the single carb? Well, I'll read you the whole ad and then I'll pass it around. Have a 1984 Honda XR250R that's been sitting last 20 years. Wow. Looks complete and engine kicks through. Has a torn seat, but it's not pictured. Good for project or parts. Bill is sale only. Last tagged in 1986. Wow. Now, this Mm. doesn't look like... Last week we talked about a bike that is like the Ivy was going through it. This actually doesn't look like it's been... Left outside. This looks right. like it was probably under a cover. Well, in someone's that, that, was my, that was my question. 20 years sitting where? It's 30 years. It actually yeah. doesn't look that well, bad. If it was outside, you'd know. This but my, the first question is what about the paperwork into things? Yeah, mm. it's bill of sale. Bill of sale. It, you shouldn't have a problem. As long uh, as everything's okay, you shouldn't have a problem. It's, and it's out, of out of the system. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't owe any back stuff? Nope. 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 As long as so it's this not thing stolen. got it ran for two years and then they fucking parked it. So would it be a green or red sticker? Green sticker? Green. Green. This is the dual carb system. Liza, you can tell us all about the dual carb system. <laughs> hmm. it actually Friend or foe? <laughs> it, it gave me a facial today, actually, when I was cleaning yeah. it. <laughs> so it actually doesn't look too bad. I mean, obviously, for something sitting like this, it's going to require anything that's rubber needs to be replaced. So you're looking at fork seals. You're looking at tires. You're looking at probably 
carb rebuild. Yeah. How interchangeable is it with the 350? Uh, well, the 250 is more common than the 350. Um, that actually doesn't look too bad. It's plastic tank, so you don't have to worry about like rusted parts. Um, I I think I think that's not a bad. I would let deal. him pay me two hundred fifty dollars to take that away for two fifty. <laughs> <laughs> if nothing know. else, I mean, it's look at it as an education. You know, let you, me put it this way, I, Douglas. If you agree, I think about two hundred fifty dollars in parts, in tires and rubber pieces to get it running. Assuming it doesn't have. Well, what if you offer a hundred bucks? What if I go and say, "Hey, seventy-five bucks, I'll get it off your hands." He's like, "Sure." Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I would personally, I would stay away. Because you don't want an old bike. So, so you don't have a need for a bike. But he he has got kids, and he wants a cheap bike that he can. But at the same time, if you don't have a bike that runs reliably, spend a thousand. Everything's done. It's turnkey. Mm. It'll go like the TT one twenty five. Jakey got on that. You're not going to know if this thing runs for like a couple months till after you buy it. After you go through everything, yeah. Then you might not even start. So. Yeah, you're right. You can find yeah, like a TTR one twenty five for a thousand, but. That would be big enough for you. That but was, the question is, what kind of a deal is that? Right? The bike I sold before my three fifty was the the two fifty. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, which is plenty of pop. Anyway, I liked it. The XR two fifty wasn't the one you had a lot of problems with. It was harder to start than the three fifty. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that's so easy to start. <laughs> I know, I know. Did you hear me as it was getting dark they out there? They call it the mule because it goes anywhere. No, it's the mule because it kicks you off the bike when you try and start it. <laughs> well, it did that a couple of times, too. I think Charlie was like, oh, or no, it was, uh, Sage was like, oh, you almost had it. I'm like, no, it almost had me. <laughs> That's all right. So for our next segment, um, I'm going to take it down for a bit. I know some people here don't want to hear it. I know a lot of people don't want to hear it, but I think people need to hear um, what I'm about to say. And I'm going to start with a story, and that's why Stu is here. Um, Douglas, you were here for this whole incident. You remember when this went down. This was about four years ago, right, Stu? Yep. Um, But it doesn't start with Stu. Um, This started with uh, John Harris and I. Uh, John, who used to be on the podcast earlier. Um... We were hanging out, and we got word that one of our friends had been in an accident. Uh, one of the vampires that Douglas and uh, Fruit Loop are, are members. Um, <laughs> he wishes. Yeah, well. <laughs> Frostbag. Uh, so we heard that one of our buddies had been in an accident. And, and when you get that word, like, oh, what, what, what happened? What's going on? You, you start to gather information. We heard that he had been life-flighted over the hill to uh, Stanford, which means it's pretty bad. Um, When we get this, we usually go on to the CHP report to find out where this happened. And we went on there and found Highway 9, which is a nice curvy road right nearby, that there had been an accident and the um, uh, person had been life flighted out. So we thought, well, let's get this out. And it's middle of the night. I remember it was like... 12, one in, 1 in the morning, and we went up this uh, two-lane curvy highway, and we were looking for signs of what happened. And I did find a patch in the road where there was a bunch of um, debris, like from bandages and stuff, where the paramedics had been. Mm-hmm. And um, I found some scrape marks, and I was trying to piece it together, and... and um, 
there was a rock on the side of the road about basketball size i think about that and um we had heard that there was a rock involved apparently a rock had come down the hill and other people had called and said hey there's a rock in the road somebody should move it and nobody moved it Hmm. so we're like oh so it seems pretty obvious he must have been coming down the road didn't see it hit this rock flipped you could see the scratch marks there was unfortunately blood and bandages and we thought well when he gets out of this he's going to want this rock and we picked it up and put it in the car and um the next day i remember going to the hospital to check in and see how he was doing um and going to the hospital and I start running into other friends who were there and they're like yeah go up you know like on the second floor go up in the waiting room um, he's he's not conscious but he's still alive um, they're bringing his family in we realized it was pretty bad um, he had extensive broken bones uh, and as well as a head injury um, about this time as we're kind of wandering around I ran into Stu and his wife Gemma in the waiting room and I thought hey how oh wow so glad you guys came I I how did you how did you hear like I didn't know you were that good of friends and you were kind of doing the same thing like oh hey surprised to see you here wow thanks for coming out that's really cool right Stu and there was this kind of confusion like I know you you guys but you're not that close to my friend Teddy and then I think Stu you're like how did you know my dad was in an accident basically yeah and I'm wait what your dad no I'm here to see Teddy and I didn't know Ted at all you didn't know Teddy but all these people you knew were showing up to the hospital and it's like wait Wait, what's going on? And then I think you told me, yeah, my my dad crashed his bike on Highway 9. And then he said, what's really weird is I I drove there and they said that he hit a rock and I couldn't find one. So. (laughs) So then I'm like, I have your rock. I have your dad's rock in my car. And it was just like, wait a minute, what? Wait. So apparently what happened was there were two accidents within like half an hour of one another. Mm. Both had similar injuries. And um, they were both life flighted to the hospital and were on the same floor of the hospital. Um, So, Stu, I'll let you tell a minute of what actually did happen since that wasn't Teddy. And then I'll say what did happen to Teddy and why we're talking about this. So uh, I didn't even find out about my dad's accident until like the next day. Yeah. Um, We got it through. My sister got a hold of me on Facebook eventually because I had turned my phone off for the weekend. Um, So everything spun. You know, we get over there and we see Liza. And uh, just trying to piece everything together, you know, you talk about the confusion of what, you know, how did this happen? What's going on? Where's my friend? Where's my dad? Um, and uh, what what bike does he ride? He was so he was on a 2000 Road King. Um, he was coming down Highway Nine. Um, I think it was a Friday night. 
about seven o'clock and there was a boulder in the road i think he just didn't see it so mitch is his name and yeah so he's 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 like a harley guy he looked like a harley guy was he he's fully yeah, yeah. yeah long gray hair <laughs> yeah beard um you know had all the leather but he was you know wasn't like a biker he just right just and a surfer harley guy so I, I what we pieced together from the accident scene was he hit the rock and it bent his rim so his brake caught on the rim and basically flipped the bike oh, over man. um and so yeah so he had what broken ankle i think um, broken ankle yeah minimal really um damaged anything but his head it's just a traumatic brain injury um yeah and so he basically he got yeah, he got flipped doing usually people doing what 40 and it was probably about 35 he wasn't yeah. going very fast there yeah. was there was actually a car behind him who uh made a statement in the police report and uh um so yeah go ahead so then john and i go wait a minute so what happened to teddy now Teddy, his injuries were, besides being in a coma, brain injury, and they didn't know if he'd come out or not. That's why they're getting his family there, to make the decision if they had to take him off life support or not. Um, he had broken, one arm was broken, I think, in seven places. The other arm broken in three or four places. Broken collarbone, ribs. Um, what's the big bone in your leg? Femur. femur. I think femur. As well as head injury. So, uh, again, just trying to understand what happened, we went and found another report and found a road where the accident had happened. And what Teddy had done is he was traveling. Now, Teddy's riding a BMW sport bike. I forget the model. It was yellow. Um, he liked to ride fast. And he was going down an access road along the freeway, and somebody ahead at the um, intersection pulled out to make a left turn. They probably lo looked and had ample time. They got into the middle of the road, and here comes Teddy at a fast clip. So they didn't know what to do, and I think they just kind of stopped. So instead of going around the front of their car, Teddy went around the back of their car, and he ended up clipping the curb and getting tossed through a signpost, a four by four post was on the oh. ground, and then into a tree. So that explains why his arms and collarbone and everything, he sliced through it. So we found the pieces of his bike. You can We found like the emblem from the side of the bike where it got- We still have the windscreen here somewhere. Yeah, the windscreen we found. Further down the road, pieces of his master cylinder. We found the, the the tree and the, we actually took the sign <laughs> we were like well teddy will want the sign now i already took the rock um and so we figured out what had happened it was pretty bad so then we went back to the hospital and this is the kind of thing where the friends and family were holding vigil and his family his mom and dad both flew out They're they're not together they live in separate states but here's complete strangers who do not know them but it's like instant family and like can i get you coffee somebody was taking them in they were staying with them let's get them a car let's get whatever they need and it was really cool how the community came together a to support his family and 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 Stu, i mean your family was there for your dad and so 
I remember kind of going back and forth. I, I lied at the nurse's desk and said I was part of the family so I could go back and, you know, see you guys and, and see your dad. And both of them were in bad condition. We didn't know what the fate would be. Um, the reason I'm telling this story is because it's not about, it's not really about Mitch's, Mitch's, it's not Mitch's story, it's not Teddy's story so much as it's our story, the community, the family, the friends, how everyone is affected when somebody has an accident. In Teddy's case, it might have been his fault or bad judgment in which direction to go, don't know whose fault it was. In uh, Mitch's case, I really don't think that was a right or error, I don't think you know he did anything wrong so it's not like he's being irresponsible but we have to remind ourselves as riders not just the risk we're taking but everybody else who's affected by this so um your your dad how what you want to tell the outcome um yeah we we stayed with him at the hospital for about a week before we finally let him go that was a decision we all made based on what the doctor said he would be you know combative we said no he's always like that they're like no no you don't understand like you know this is the kind of brain injury that people have a really difficult time coming back for he's not going to be independent and knowing he would you know not want to be not independent um you know were you somewhat prepared for this knowing your dad lived this lifestyle he, I, I always tell my family look if I die don't be sad I died happy I know it doesn't make sense to them it makes sense to me but did that help you at all knowing that about your dad a little bit I think it helps more now at the time it was just such a shock um, and then figuring out all the after stuff the uh, you know we're saying about how it affects everybody else is you know how your kids have to deal with the estate and all that shit that comes with that um so um but but just yeah not being wasn't surprised so much as just like oh shit it finally happened right and how how long had he been riding forever i don't know i mean he was 63 been riding since he was probably 10 you know broke legs he'd been in you know dozens of accidents i'm sure um and you know, just takes, just takes one. So, and and Stu, you ride yourself. Yeah. And not only do you ride. So you had at the time a. I had a Suzuki SV650. Um, Hi-o. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I sold that uh, maybe a year or so later after this accident, um, and uh, to a friend of mine who actually crashed it. And wrecked it like six months after that so you know good riddance to that bike but i still got my dad's harley um so still rides this is what i think is cool just so you guys know he took his dad's harley and he got it repaired and was it a year later um yeah no it was like a month later it was a month later that we did that finish his ride so Stu said, hey, guys, I got the bike fixed. I want to finish my dad's ride. And he invited all of us to come. And I, cool. in hindsight now, I feel cool. like maybe yeah. this wasn't the smartest thing. But you had said 
you, you you told me to, but I felt bad afterwards because you said, hey, I don't know exactly where this happened. So I said, no problem. So I went and spray painted a big, big X on the road. <laughs> Not Jeez. processing that now Stu has to drive past this X every day going home. Uh, she asked me, like, oh, maybe I should have put a heart or something. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, that's okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> but so that when like we did the... if we can do a skull and crossbones, that would work. We can <laughs> so that when we did the ride, everyone would know, like, this is the point where we're going past and we're going to finish the ride. And it felt really cool to ride with you. And, like, you kind of were overcoming and for him. I, I felt like you really did know that your dad loved doing this and that you know you weren't blaming the the bike but now my question for you Stu is as somebody who has a family yourself a young son and a wife how has this played on you being a rider um I ride a lot less now uh it kind of like when I have time just keep mm-hmm. it fun it's not my commute over 17 my my dad drove from Santa Cruz to Palo Alto every day for like 15 years at 4 in the morning. Hmm. Yeah, because even then at 4 in the morning, there's no traffic, but there's deer. There's yeah, owls. Yeah. There's just shit in the road. I mean... Yep. And, uh, you know, so I definitely bear it in mind. Um, so, I wanted to tell the rest of what happened with, with Teddy now. So, I'll just say Teddy's still around. Um... Teddy had a long recovery. He had He's still months. recovering. He's still recovering. This has been four years. But he was in the hospital for months. And I was visiting him often. I really found it kind of, um, I don't want to say fascinating, but I know that somebody who has a brain injury needs as much help and stimulus and, and, and rehab as they can. And there were so many months he was aware he'd have a conversation with you. He was a therapist, a physical therapist. So he could tell you what to do because he lost control of his entire body. Yeah, he his, had to get his right arm is still in a sling. He cannot use that arm. Mm-hmm. He did lose uh, use of his right arm, but at the time his arms, legs, he couldn't, he had to, learn how to speak how to do everything so i would go and like work his hands work his legs like he told me how to but it was it was the the prospect task to help him take a piss because you had to help him take a piss wow after that yeah i i did that too Mm -hmm. and um what was fascinating to me is there was months of this where he was telling you what to do and sometimes he was combative or a good mood or let's just watch a movie but he has no memory of that time period Hmm. the brain was not forming memories at that point wow he doesn't remember all the people who who all the different hospitals he was in and a lot of the recovery Mm -hmm. um and i remember like when he finally was able to feed himself which he didn't have use of his hands he had a they had a velcro a fork and it was so hard watching him sit there and struggle you know and he still couldn't walk and but he did he pushed through he taught himself how to walk and how to use his hand and to recover and now he has a life he he he's never going to ride again because he lost the use of his arm and because of his brain injury, he still he's not the exact same person he was before, but he's out there discovering new ways to live. Mm-hmm. So that's great. 
But for his family, his family gave up months of their life to come out and be here with him and take care of him. And I was watching this like, wow, like I never think about, God, what if that was me? Now, I happen to live in the same city as my parents, but his parents lived across the country and they picked up the minute they heard something was wrong. They came out here and took up residence and stayed for months and worked with him every day, left their lives, their families, their jobs. It sucks to talk about this, but again, I just, as bikers, we need to acknowledge. We need to acknowledge our responsibility to our family and our friends and fellow riders because when that happened with Mitch and with Teddy, it definitely got into my head, too. I think I, you know, dialed down a little. You, yeah, I think we, as riders, we, we take that for granted until it happens to you. I mean, even though you see it happen to people around you, and you think about it, you're like, well, you don't really know until you're in that mess. And I think, I think we take it for granted. The so. other thing, too, is we had two people with very similar injuries at the same time with two completely different outcomes. Um, so just, I just wanted the takeaway from this is have your insurance, tell your family yeah. <laughs> you love them. I try to communicate as much as I can. Just, just, just remember if something happened to me, I was happy doing this. So I don't know if that helps, but this is that time to give that message and and Stu, I think you you knew that, but is the rest of your family did, did they have a hard time with it or did they all know he was biker through and through and that's how it is? Uh, it was pretty uh, unanimous. There was about twelve of us in the room with the doctor, and pretty much everybody nodding their heads like you know we all knew what he would have wanted. So yeah, I th- I thought. When I was there in the hospital, I remember you telling me that's what was going to happen. And I felt like as hard as that was to deal with, I think you knew your dad well enough to know, to know what he wanted. So make sure everyone out there that your family knows what you want. Get your affairs in Have order. a backup plan, yep. That's all. And, and just know that our community, this motorcycle community, is so amazing. When something goes down, it's amazing how many people rise up like with adam who was here uh who's in the wheelchair how people on the forum came and he didn't know know them but they got his bike and 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 got him a bed when he needed it mm-hmm. or moin when he had an accident how people sent him parts or even teddy i remember when we realized no one knew where teddy's car was parked and we needed the car for his mom to drive i remember calling like kenny the cop and i'm like hey can you keep an eye out and like everyone spread the word there was like a hundred people in santa cruz looking for this subaru and it was found and and it was really kind of as unfortunate as it was it was cool to be a part of a community that rose up and came to support and help so that's it we're done we're done. I hope you have a good palate cleanser. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> what you got lined up? Well, <sighs> Mike, tell a joke. So it's so heavy. Can I add one more story. thing? Just yes, uh, yes, please. Just uh, in light of all that, you know, 
we all know anything can happen you know don't let it make you afraid to go fast and have fun yeah and just to tack on to that because i was saying you know i i need to stop being judgy when people say oh you know i had a baby so i sold my bike (laughs) it's like you pussy like well you know i don't know what's the right thing to do for each person you know and here Stu, you continue to ride knowing that your dad died and you have a family but i'm not going to say that you shouldn't be i think if everyone just just remembers just stick that in your craw and just remember when you're riding that's all mm-hmm. anyone else got anything to add or have fun but don't be stupid be safe come back in one piece as best mm-hmm. as you can also probably mm-hmm. grab a, a tag i know that there's military tags for your keys uh a b positive o negative grab a blood type tag get get some information that emts can have yeah, my allergies. brother's my brother's an emt and his every time he comes up on a rider he texts me and goes hey this is what happened blah da, da, da. get this this is this helped me this solved the situation there's these stickers that you can put on the back of your helmet or the front that says do not remove can cause spinal injury blah 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 blah, blah. and mm-hmm. it alerts people they may or may not read it, but the off chance that they do, it can save your life. And yeah. there's little things that can make all the difference. Yeah, and Stu, thank you for coming out and sharing Mitch's story. Yeah, thanks and, for having and me. your story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, Zoe, I'm going to give you a hot minute to get yourself together. I'm mostly together. Because, <laughs> real quick, Mike's going to tell us about the big thing that happened today. Big thing? His balls dropped? Ooh, <laughs> oh, finally happened. Yeah. Oh my god! They did. What happened? Finally. Uh, Mary. Oh, yeah. So, um, um, excuse me, Mike. Are you on the phone right now? No, no. Listen. <laughs> oh, Is that Bon Jovi? Yeah. I think so. So that's the palate cleanser. <laughs> you want me to slap you the side of the head instead? Okay, All right, thanks. lose it. So, Mike, what was what what happened today that you were so excited about? Uh, bon Jovi. No. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Mary's been riding my wife, um, my V Star 650. Um, she's been cruising hard as fuck. I'm going to tell you right now. Let me tell you, I never seen a bitch cruise harder. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, you haven't seen me cruise on actually, my Actually, no, I'm sorry. She's <laughs> second, his wife is second to cat, you know, you know. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cat goes sideways going like 15, you know what I mean? Like, like I've never seen something like that. That's fucked up, man. Yeah. So, I, I was like ecstatic. I'm, I'm like a like a dad, you know, with the child or something. I'm like videotaping everything. And, like a Bon Jovi concert. It's yes. really, it's I, I'm, really I'm like a fan cute. of Bon Jovi. Yeah, Mary's so small. It's so funny when you're behind her because she looks like uh, like Gumby. You know what I mean? <laughs> she does not look like Gumby. Yeah, she does. She's done little stick figure She's arms. She's dainty. And shit. Yeah. So um, she went and rode uh, Jim's 250 round today. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Just 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 set up. So basically, she's been riding the uh, the V Star 650, which you know most of you guys know is. I guess most people would say it's heavy. It's a big bike. Yeah. Uh, I don't. You know, I don't particularly think so. I've been riding it for a while. 
Um, but for somebody like her, I guess, I suppose it is. But, I mean, she's been getting to a point where we go to the parking lot, we call, I call it date night. And <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, I'll be like, uh, I'll text her, I'll be like, you ready for date night tonight? Those are my, my weeknights off. And, uh, and I say, you got to put 10 miles in the parking lot and then we'll go home, you know? <laughs> Um, and you know, we go over a whole bunch of different stuff, and I'm like been trying to prep her, and, and she's been doing really good. She finally got the friction zone and all this other stuff. And I told her she could, you know, ride the bike home like two or three date nights ago. But um, I'm like, dude, you, I got video. I can show you. She's been cruising hard as fuck. Like, like, <laughs> I have real. video to prove it. <laughs> yeah, I got video. And I want to point out, she only stalled at I think one stop sign. And yeah, who she blamed it on? And who she blame it on? Oh, well, she blamed it on you, yeah. of course, because it wasn't <laughs> your fault. Right? How the fuck that. could that totally be like, you know? But the first time I took Westcliff, was that the first time she took Westcliff? It was the first time so. she's been on the road. So wow. the first time wow. I took Westcliff, I stopped at, I stalled at every single fucking stop sign. <laughs> on what, what bike was that? <laughs> on the Rebel 250. Mm. Uh-huh. And not only did I stall, I stalled like six times at every stop sign. And oh. the further along oh, I got, terrible. the more frustrated I got. That's, and then the more you stall, of course. And the more you stall. Yeah. <laughs> That's why yeah. Westcliff is perfect for it new was, riders learning how to ride. Because yeah. it's got some yeah. turns and it's Little, got like yeah. seven right. or eight. Stop signs. Well, yep, and you, you can't really go over thirty. <laughs> That's how you know? I learned. Yeah, and, and you the, can go and, over thirty. And, and, well, the, and the people are can. the people on Westcliff aren't really in a hurry. A lot of them are sightseeing. They're all sightseeing anyway. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, she did great. But is, guys, do you have a point of reference, Liza? No. Yes, you do. Do I? Yes, you do. Uh, as to who we're talking about, because you know I got nothing but good things to say. But I don't I know, know what you. you're trying to get out of me. Mary is an extremely stubborn person, and she is she puts her mind to something and she does it. Yeah, that's the point of. Reference. Well, she was when she got back from that ride on West Cliff, she was jazzed. She was so she was yeah. chat. She's like I could hear her from inside. I didn't even come out from the garage. She was, and yeah. I could hear one of us. Which <laughs> 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 little gobble, one of us. Totally. <laughs> so I just I just wanted to say congratulations to Mary for getting out on the road. Seriously, yes. right? But so the Rebel Two Fifty is perfect for. How her. did she like the Two Fifty versus? So that was that was the whole thing. Um, she likes the cruiser style. That's yeah, fine. She doesn't take her out on the 650 like at first she was really stubborn didn't want to do it and i you know i kept i kept being persistent and she would you know ride it um she started riding a lot better and i said she could she could get it back and we could ride it on the road and she's just give me a bunch of bullshit so what happens is, <laughs> like just like fucking she's talking you know what i mean so i'm just like that's you know you, you, i don't know whatever so I said to her, I was like, it's like fighting a big guy, you know what I mean? Like you're you're sitting there, you know, sparring with this big ass. Yeah, it dude. sounds like fun. That's what I want to do on a Saturday. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And then uh, and uh, you know, and then you you get in the ring and you, and you know you you get on the two fifty and it's like you know you win every time. Mm-hmm. So I called Jim and I I, I said to Jim yesterday, I said, could you bring the two fifty because I want to get on it. Also too, because I want to kind of talk her out of the two fifty because I'm like you know I'm gonna fucking put this money down for the stupid bike. And then you're not going to want to ride in a few months, you know what I mean? Because you're going to realize you can't go anywhere with it. So, you know, but turns out she got on the bike and she loves it. And, you know. Uh, but the she, cool thing is, is in six months, she'll be way more confident. And then she'll, yeah. she'll be ready for the bigger bike and mm-hmm. she'll embrace yeah. it. Yeah. You know, that'll be cool. Because right now she's not embracing the bigger bike because it's heavy. Like the clutch is too hard for her to pull in. Mm-hmm. But she does it, though. It's kind well, of like she pushes through all the stuff and, and she like figures stuff out and she was doing it. So I just I knew as soon as she would get on the 250, it would be like a scooter. It'd be like a toy. And she, I learned so much on both of my 250s. I'm sorry, Bagel. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say, not to I said she should get a scooter, but you know. Yeah. I also said that, but 
seeing her on <laughs> a full-fledged bike for the type of riding she wants yeah. to do. Okay. Yeah, mm. she doesn't. She doesn't need to go fast at this point. Like she doesn't. No, she, neither Daigle, does don't she get, want to. Don't get your. We're talking about. Put your down, <laughs> All depends on the scooter, man. We're talking about cute little powder blue scooters. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, but I do want to hey, put in. I have a powder blue scooter. <laughs> do you have a powder blue skirt to blue. match it? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Let's go ahead. You were saying something. I. I really want to look at you right now, Mike, and tell you that she should fucking get a 250 because I learned more on my 250. My Ninja 250 made it so I could go sideways at 15 miles an hour. <laughs> I know. I'm telling you I that know. right now. I learned so much on that bike, and it is so imperative to get a bike that you can thrash and run into the ground and have an amazing time and scrape pegs on every corner. Yeah, yeah. Hit, hit the small bike's limits, then move up. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. I Mike? don't think she'll know what she's missing until she has the little bike and she's riding with us and realizes exactly. what she's limited Exactly. At with. that point, right. totally. at, at that, that point, point she can move up. Mike, right. mm-hmm. yeah. I'm going to give you a bike to check out for her. This would be my recommendation. Mm-hmm. Arlen Ness? Suzuki. That blue one up there? <laughs> <laughs> Suzuki Savage 650. Look it up. Okay. Not bad. No. Mm. Yeah, right. it's not bad. not bad. So take a look at that. So, um, or a boulevard. Since we're getting late on time, I want to make sure we have enough time to cover. Oh, isn't that isn't this a two-hour podcast now? No, it's an hour. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. So, um, Zoe, for those who've listened to our old podcasts, they're going to recognize Zoe's Zoe's voice. Because I don't know. We have whole new audio equipment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, add, add some white noise behind this and you'll, you'll recognize it. <laughs> Zoe was one of the co-creators of this podcast. She was the one who... If not I, the creator. She yeah. was the one who, when I said, hey, I'm, I'd like to do this, she said... We can do do this. We can do this. And she's the one who got it together and and made it happen. So you've been gone a while, but you've been out conquering the world, as I said. Uh, Yeah, more or less. Uh, No, I think there was a world title in there, wasn't there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I'm in a museum now. Yeah. So you (laughs) want to tell people what, what what you've been up to? Um, uh, drones, I guess, uh, for lack of a better term, um, first-person view drones. So, um, those are the drones you were looking for. See, those are exactly the drones you're looking for. Every time you say FPV, isn't that something I have to get my cat get shots for? <laughs> no, although if you buy from Multiro Superstore, it says MRSS, and it, yeah, it sounds like a disease. But, um, <laughs> sorry, Mike. <laughs> well, since, since Doug is the one who's very interested in what you're doing, not that I'm not interested, but this is more in his wheelhouse, I'm going to let Doug take the wheel now. Okay. All right. <clears throat> or the handlebars, as you were. <laughs> uh, okay. So, Zoe, you've been doing drones. 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 Why? Because drones. Well, okay. Because drones. <laughs> well, okay. So this is... This but is, there's, uh, a, there's a, actually a good reason behind it. Right. Um, well, I've been medically unable to ride my motorcycle for the last two years or so, and uh, got really depressed, extremely depressed, because bikes were my life, and... Uh, I found drones, um, specifically racing drones. It's the FPV version. So basically, you wear goggles. And so instead of a helmet, you put goggles on. And uh, the drones that I'm racing go anywhere from 60 to 80 miles an hour. Sweet. And uh, they do that faster than any motorcycle you will ever get on. And so when you wow. say race, this what kind of courses is this? Is a, how do they mark the, so there's the course? different ways so i was in uh the first ever sanctioned ama uh which is 
America or uh, the yeah, just to make it more confusing. <laughs> so many AMAs, uh, but this is the Academy of Model Aeronautics. Um, okay, they have basically it's the motorcycle version, but it's a medical version. Now there's a drone version. Uh, so yeah, the AMA is this giant organization. It's about seventy thousand, I think, one hundred seventy thousand pilots, and uh, they're getting into FPV, which is this first-person view. Uh, view of the goggles so, so you, your drone's got a camera drone's got you a camera fly by Five bird's eye view so right. basically you see it as you are in it so with like a millisecond of delay as um, I understand it what's the delay like right now my race rig has about 30 milliseconds from okay. eye latency to your finger control so okay. by the time you push forward it takes 30 milliseconds to get your eyeball and uh, wow. anything under 100 milliseconds to your brain is instantaneous. Um, it takes about 100 milliseconds for the sensation of you touching something right. to enter into your I brain. I think I asked Mike over text. Mike's the owner of Multi Rotor Superstar. Superstar. I yeah. said, "What's the?" When I first heard about this, I was like, "What's the delay like?" Because this is all new to me. Pretty instantaneous. He replied, "None." In quotation marks. So that's, Pretty much. That's, yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. So it allows you to go really fast and do crazy shit. And you've been doing this for, you said a couple of years, right? A year and a half now, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And so what, what's your, you've, you've built your own. Yeah. No, that's, I've I remember a lot you, of them. you building your own. I came over one day. Oh yeah. So what, tell, tell us about that, that drone in particular. Um, so yeah, I have what I'm famous for. There's actually a museum piece that I donated, uh, the spider hex. So it's a six motor drone okay. that goes about 80 miles an hour. Hour. And it produces about well, that's cons- in a straight, not, in not a straight, straight down, not straight down, straight <laughs> line <laughs> <forward>. horizon, <laughs> straight line forward. So it goes about zero to sixty in about two seconds. Oh wow! So uh, as, as soon as you hit the throttle, you're gone. Um, so but, I kind of want to race a motorcycle. If anyone's out there with a motorcycle and you want to race a drone, let me know. Well, I got top what? speed on my XR about <laughs> seventy five eighties. If you wanna. Okay, I've got a fixed stream that goes 99. Uh, we can do that. Yeah. Bagel's ready to meet you out the salt flats, I think. Heck yeah. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> have a scooter race. I'm I, down. I wish I could be, get it out in the salt flats. <laughs> and so, uh, earlier this year, I did a couple competitions. I've actually been in three major competitions. I heard about one. Okay, so the first one was the AMA sponsored race, and then I won that, and that got me kind of famous. So this is something you apply for, or you get invited to, or? Um, it was an open invite, so it was actually okay. here in Santa Cruz. They had the first ever drone race um, that was sponsored and official, um, it, like as in the FCC and the FAA were okaying it, making sure nobody was flying low overhead and right, and making sure it's safe, which right. is <laughs> a big deal with public looking at us. So. Well, at, at seventy to. 90 oh, miles yeah. an hour you get hit by one of those things you're yeah, playing anybody see robot jocks here where like, <laughs> oh, yeah. the giant robot falls into the stadium it's like that's it's what i think good. of like these things flying into the, into the he, crowd he dove to save oh he d- yeah, that's right yeah. <laughs> thank you but that's yeah. totally a big issue because the second race the biggest one the drone nationals race um i was in i had a lot of press for that one and uh that was crazy. That was actually the first race ever in a stadium. So we had a whole net system around the field set up, uh, and uh, we had a whole race course on the field. There's no just guy with a shotgun like ready to take one down. That's no. Although it's with the technology <laughs> though, you can plug in a video transmitter and make the pilot flying blind. Oh wow! So it's kind of an issue. If there's a spectator sport and spectators wanted to, they could really totally screw the mess pilots. with the frequency. Mm-hmm. Dang. Did, did anything end up in the net? 
Yes, yes, a few things. And there was a few fires midair, um, which was pretty cool. cool. I like it wow. more and more. Yeah, yeah. no, it's pretty cool. There was tons of crashes. Um, about a third of the pilots that entered the race did not make it past a first lap. Damn. And uh, it watered down to about eight really, really good pilots that were going around the race. And, uh, and these are electric drones? Electrics, yeah. So the one that I was famous for consumes about 100 amps at full throttle, Dang. which is wow. about two households yeah. worth of electricity. No shit. Damn. In like an eight-minute period? Uh, more like two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this uh, we're talking about something that weighs about 800 grams all up weight. And are you flying wow. this first person inside? Yeah, yeah. So you're... Dude, that's got to be intense. It's super intense especially the speeds that you can get at the um, time you can get. So be, if you were in it and you were pulling those Gs in the real world, uh, forget about it. brain would melt. It's like pod racing. It is so, exactly like mm -hmm. pod racing. Wow. What right. is the feasibility of a, a gas drone? And is, I mean, it's, um, of oh, course it's, totally, it's possible. It's totally feasible. Um, there's a just few not, of them. There's the Hummingbird, actually. It's a military UAV. So each, each prop has its own... Motor engine, it's, right? it's, it's it's a little weird right now. There, the way you do that, the the uh, gas motors do not have the ability to change um, direction fast enough. So if you're spinning a propeller and you're trying to stabilize four of them at the same time, you can't get them all at the same speed gotcha. easily. Hmm. So that's why you use electric motors because the ones I use update 500 times a second, right. and they spin over 500. The computer is telling it to. Exactly where it wants at any point in time. According to the gyro, right? So yeah. could you also use like green gas or red gas for a, a fuel? Potentially. Option? So what they're doing now with uh, long flight drones is their hybrid system. So they'll have a gas motor on board, uh, generating electricity, powering up the battery pack no for the fly. That's awesome. fucking cool. And so, that is fucking cool. So yeah, with that cool. system, you can stay up potentially for 12 hours with the Hummingbird, which is a Dang. military UAV. Um, it's pretty cool. So what are your uh, immediate and long-term goals with this? Like, where, where do you think you're going? Uh, well, I, Mike offered me a job. So hopefully in a few months, I'll be working at a store and being, you know, cool Congratulations. stuff. Congratulations. Thanks. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, I know it's, it's, it's crazy. Right now, I have a really popular mm. YouTube channel, Zoe FPV or Zoe Full Throttle. And, uh, All right. I, I don't know. I've been sponsored by a lot of different manufacturers. They'll send me gear to test out and ask Sweet. for feedback. So I bought fun. this like twenty dollar drone from Costco. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's what I'm playing with in my house right now. Yeah, no, mine are made out of carbon fiber, steel, aluminum. Nice. And all mine yes. has a little cage on it, so when I crash it, which happens a lot, oh, it, oh, it, it bounces. I like like it, yeah. a little but Zoe, how much did your first one cost? Who? Uh, my first one was actually three hundred bucks. The first one, that little tiny, tiny one? Oh, the first tiny, tiny one. That was like 20 bucks. Okay, there yeah, you go. Yeah, no, I started out small, and yeah, then it grew. Just remember where you started. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, a rubber, like a rubber band. One final question. Uh, yeah. What is your up-the-butt drone? <laughs> <laughs> this is a drone that when you see it, you're like, damn, I'd take it up the ass for that. The Global Hawk. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was probably going to say probably the Global Hawk. <laughs> no one would F with you with that thing. Right. Um Shoot, dude, I don't know. I've actually, it's weird. Like, I wish this was a motorcycle manufacturer. Like, hey, we give you stuff, but uh, I already have all my up the butt drones. Dang. Um, yeah, that's so, cool. Like, where do you see this in a few years? Like, the technology's going so quick. If you could, like, like imagine your up the butt drone seven years from now, what would that Ooh, be? That's a good question. Um, 
one that I can get into and tell where I want to go yeah. and drop me a, off. A pod racer. Like a pod, a pod racer. racer. Well, <laughs> it's actually interesting. NASA is working with a lot of different companies to introduce a like a drone sky highway. So the traditional air traffic can still move through, but they'll have another like highway in the sky for drones to fly a little bit lower than regular air traffic. Wow. And uh, part of this is actually human transportation. Really? They're looking to hopefully have in the next 10 years a system capable of transporting people. And there's actually a cool. company nearby, Joby Aviation, who's working on this. So like Amazon drones will come pick you up and drop you off? More like Google drones will come pick <laughs> yeah, you up no, and drop yeah. you off. Elon yeah. must better pay attention to that. Oh, he is. Oh, he is. <laughs> I got a question uh, sure. for you. Yeah. Because I want to circle this back to motorcycle related. Ooh. What's up with this thing, that one that follows you? There's a lot of them that follow you. So, did, did you guys you know that? Oh. Yeah, there's drones that you can set. Do you explain how it, it works. It could be on your right okay, side, so, your left side, behind you. And if you. you know of any brand that's better than another. So, right now, there's a few that work kind of decently. DJI with their Phantom is very popular. A it's lot of heavy, people. though. Not considering, if you've seen their Inspire, it's like a Cadillac. It looks like GLaDOS from a Portal video game. <laughs> yeah. It looks so it's evil. It's got better fettings. It's I mean. so <laughs> evil. Um, but the DJI Phantom has a follow-me mode, and there's actually a video of a guy putting it in follow-me mode, getting in his car, and then driving across town, and it's just looking directly down on the car, following it the entire way. Wow. How, how does it oh, follow sick. you? Um, it uses the GPS and the transmitter. So the GPS uh, system is in the transmitter and the drone. So it bases it off of the GPS signal and the transmitter that's basically it's relayed to the usually accurate within like three, three to five feet, right? right? So you wear it on your wrist or something? Uh, there's a few of them. Uh, some of the systems use a wrist. Uh, a lot of them is just like a handheld transmitter, like a video game remote. And plant it. Yeah, and it just you put Punch it. it right into my arm. Yeah, uh, there's, uh, I know, a few companies working on them. Um, I think Unique has this, like, wand. So basically, you can put it in your pocket, and it'll follow you, or you can pull it out of your pocket, and you can point it in the <gasps> sky. Harry Potter. Basically, you point it in the sky <laughs> and you can Nimbus? actually move it nice. around to where you want. Wow. Um, there's so some crazy tech coming if out. If you're using one like dirt biking, does it know to avoid trees and stuff? That is a big thing coming out right now. So yeah. sense and avoid technology is a, where a lot of the uh, industry is heading right now. DJI and a 3DR, basically anyone worth their salt right now is working on a system. So... We can avoid trees, obstacles, and other things that might get in the way. Yeah, because my Roomba can do it. Well, your Roomba, your Roomba is rudimentary. Uh, to do really good obstacle avoidance takes a very low latency system with well, a lot Roomba, of processing. Yeah, the Roomba has to avoid Bosley, so. Yeah. <laughs> Bosley, Bosley, anyway. Bosley has to avoid the Roomba, is more like it. Let me tell you what I discovered today why my Roomba is like a, a toddler. It, you can't leave your door open. <laughs> I, I found it outside cleaning the deck. Well, that's great. <laughs> Tried to go feral. <laughs> so, do you re- do you recommend, um, or is it industry? Um, t- is it is a technology too new for these ones that follow you? Because how long? Oh, gosh, does, no. How long does the battery last? Uh, the battery depends. Uh, you can have anywhere. F- my battery. I'm like extreme flying, and I use a lot of amps because I'm always full throttle. On the ones that follow you. The ones that follow you about fifteen minutes, twenty okay. minutes, so you can you can get good flight so time. So don't go, just bring oh, don't a couple go. batteries with you. Yeah, you know? yeah, I mean, no, like, it's totally burn batteries. You have a bag of fifteen. Don't of go them. over a twenty minute bridge. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> my, uh, I, I got a drone and I control it with my uh, iPhone. Is my uh, iPhone is it is the parrot? Yeah, that's the one. Uh, yeah, the, the camel one. Yeah, I've got I've got the parrot. And it has a sky controller and it works pretty well. But, it's okay, uh, but the wi- because it's on wireless, it's kind of messy. Yeah, and then you you definitely have a little bit of lag and you know. 
I don't know. It's it's hmm. really cool, but if if they if you could use that controller and then have it actually go distances and they yeah, even have so like Wi-Fi Parrot boosters. Yeah, so Parrot has the but, new Parrot Bebop two coming out. And it has a Sky controller. The blue one. I think it's blue. It looks like blue and silver. It basically looks like a like a video camera with wings on it. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. And uh, it's 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 a really neat system. It's probably the safest one out there. If anyone's listening and they want to get into the hobby and they have some cash to spend and you yeah. want to get some cool photos, you can get good stuff. It's like about five hundred dollars, yeah. and it's a good yeah. Setup. It's about five hundred, and then you get the Sky Controller for about three hundred, which is like three hundred dollars for a transmitter to fly the damn yeah, thing. Yeah, but you, you instead of using your phone, you can go as real. Yeah, far you can go you can thing. go a mile out with that thing. So let me let me ask you this. Have you flown a single rotor? Uh, no. No. What do you? How do you feel about single rotor? Is this like one of those uh, Harley versus sport bike things? <laughs> well, actually, it's <laughs> like oh, fuck single rotor. Well, no, uh, there's a, there's. Uh, I mean, I've spent a lot. Of, believe it or not, um, the potential for a lot of awesome acrobatic stuff. Mm-hmm. The 3D heli pilots. If you look up Alan Sabot. Yeah. yeah, I've been watching his videos for years. He <laughs> is a nutcase. I mean, crack he'll, stick. He'll, bam, 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 <laughs> yeah. bam, bam, bam. I mean, you see this thing travel across the sky. The sky and it's just. Are those the helicopters crazy. that just dance? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just yeah. do yeah. five feet. They defy the any, yeah. any so, kind of. And you look at his hands when he's fucking controlling it, and it's it's pretty amazing. insane. It's pretty astounding. insane. It's like yeah. he's playing piano or something. Yeah. He is in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and he's and so yeah. So with those three helis, there's a lot of performance in them. So but multi rotors are finally getting there. Um, I'm one of the few people that's tried to bring that performance to the multi rotor end. And uh, all of my machines have the ability to reverse thrust. So you see all those right. bashing sticks? I can do that now with my machines. Nice. Hmm. Um, and FPV, which is crazy. And That's did, cool. Did you mention the... Um, you said that you are in now a museum? Yeah, the AMA um, Academy Model Aeronautics Museum. Not American Motorcycle Association. Or the American <laughs> Medical <AMA>. Association. <laughs> <laughs> or any other AMA that you might think of. That's really cool. It's super cool, yeah. So yeah. I'm the first uh, person to actually have an FPV drone aircraft in their museum. And so that's what, awesome. what's special about this? And how did you, you get in there? Uh, from a ra- winning She's a race, awesome. The first uh, AMA race here in Santa Cruz and America was hosted here in Santa Cruz, wow. and um, and this museum is where the museum is in Illinois. Illinois. Okay. So unfortunately, I can't see my awesome machine in glass, but but you're yeah. fucking there. That's right. There. <laughs> That's right. Making history. I feel like if you don't have a camera and you can't see what's happening, it's kind of silly. It's almost like like a model airplane or some other thing because right. if you're really sitting there, you think about it. Like after about twenty or thirty feet, it's a dot. Right. You know, yeah. and now you see it going left. Now you see it going right. And the other problem is if it's going away from you, you have a hard time telling if it's coming oh, back yeah, or going totally. away. Yeah. So those are like I think those are like huge obstacles that that make having the camera and the video in it like absolutely oh, totally. makes sense oh, totally. it's almost like without having it it's like what's the point if it goes too far then you're like wait is it coming towards me is it going away it's orientation is a total different uh, skill oh, yeah. set and uh, the thing is though there's two different kinds of video feeds there's the digital stuff like DJI and the Bebop which is latency yeah. And there's the analog stuff that I'm using, which there's no latency, but it's not highest resolution. So yeah. it's a bit of a trade-off. Not yet. Not yet, at least, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's pretty fun. That's I think cool. I think it's really cool how far you've come too. I mean, it's it's a yeah. new sport and very new sport. Like I'm literally helping devi- define some of the rules involved in it right cool. now. Cool. So, if I can be permitted a moment of geekiness, speaking yeah. of sports, has anyone thought about actually perform playing Quidditch games with drones? <laughs> <laughs> I, I've given it a little bit of thought. What the, what, <laughs> Let no. me show you my new drone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? What what the fuck are you talking about? Harry Potter, yeah, man. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Oh come on. <laughs> Really? Some motorcycle like podcast Quidditch. people. You know, like the white snake. <laughs> I thought you were going to pull you know your what? balls out and be like, hey, you seen one of these? Hey, hey. Get off <laughs> yeah, my balls. Just I just Quidditch. Yours just dropped. You want to show them off, huh? I do. I They're do. orange. I'm just waiting. <laughs> yeah, okay. They're orange. <laughs> I got them. They're custom anodized. Oh, I can't even. Worry I about can't even. Oh, and ribbed. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I have one more request. If anybody in the Bay Area has a really cool track, a dirt track, has some really cool shots they want to get with some action drones. Not the stuff that just follows you around, but something that can keep up with you at 50, 60 miles an hour nice. and do a backflip over your head. I oh, would take you, that up right there. I'm looking oh, for yeah. stunt riders. I'm looking for dirt. I'm looking for track. If Corey. anyone out there wants to get involved and wants some awesome shots, look me up on Google. Just Google my name, Zoe, Z-O-E-F-P-V. You will find some cool stuff. Um, I'm looking for some new projects. Lucas, she will record you looping a wheelie. <laughs> totally, totally. Come on, Lucas, let's get it done. She will record the actual combination of four things. <laughs> has, has, has anyone backflipped a Jixer yet? You looking at me? Luke, Lucas should be the first, and we should record. Oh, backflip is a jigsaw. Can, can I get the backflip? Can I do a backflip while he's backflipping? You can do a half yeah. a backflip. Put it in the jigsaw museum. <laughs> do, do it synchronized with the bike. The world turns around. And shot. That'd be pretty awesome. So, and also the other thing that these drones are great for, Zoe. I just reposted a video you made a while ago oh, here yeah. at the garage. Mofo oh, on a yeah. motorcycle. That was back um, when I was a really bad pilot. Love so. that video. <laughs> we can do it again. Yeah, so we invite you to come back and make another video Sweet. here. A Westcliff yeah. ride. ride. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Can she two up with somebody and ride that thing? Yeah. yeah. No, I can, I've can. i done it once in a car, so I've oh, sat cool. in the seat and I've actually followed somebody. And you could pan away over the cliffs. <gasps> oh, yeah. Catch nice. some surfing. What? Okay. That would be awesome. Wait for a nice winter swell to wump in. Look for those <laughs> videos soon. How about, cool. the, how about yeah. the naked ride? Yeah. <gasps> No camera. <laughs> the funny thing is with that a naked ride it'd be completely legal <laughs> no you could cameras totally on have the a, naked ride you no could cameras. totally have a camera following naked people in Santa Cruz I don't know why but it's, it's legal <laughs> love the city wow. well I'm, I'm glad you made it down here glad to I share that too. I mean we've all been you know following what you've been doing but it's really cool it's really cool really how cool. far it's you've gone cooler. and getting into the museum it's like what Oh, I, I've been on great. national TV. I've been on local TV. I've, I know. I I really need a manager. If anyone wants to manage me, you know, <laughs> I could use it. I know. Here and I've been trying to reach fame, and you beat me to it. Damn you! All you have to do is get into drones. I'm telling you. <laughs> That's all I have to do. Naked drones. Oh, maybe. and just one thing: if anyone's out there and you're into maintenance of motorcycles and you love tinkering, look into FPV quadcopters because it's. Like, you don't have to have a giant workshop to have a nice little workshop to work on these things. And it's so, so soul-fulfilling. That's one thing I lost out with my motorcycles working on. I loved working on my bike. You could work on mine. (laughs) (laughs) No problem. But, yeah. um, So, yeah. So, if you're into tinkering and stuff, it's a really cool hobby for that, too. 
Nice. Well, before we get out of here, I wanted to <clears throat> remind everyone, if you're in the Santa Cruz area, Bagel, have you got your ticket to hitting the Apex yet? Hitting the Apex? No. Yeah. Oh, you put them on the spot, huh? December 16th. It's a new motorcycle movie uh, yeah, based on the Grand, Grand GP. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be awesome. Narrated by Brad Pitt. <gasps> what? He's so dreamy. <laughs> oh, Brad. So, yeah, everyone here in Santa Cruz, come join us. Uh, pick up your tickets to Hitting the Apex. And if you're not in Santa Cruz, check out the calendar. Um, you probably have one playing near you. Because they got to sell, what, 85 tickets? Tickets for it to play. Yeah, right? they well, still every, need a bunch. So many. So everyone buy five of them and give them. I got three. Friends. I got two. I got two. Yeah, it'll happen. I think it's all of us. Is that it's so far gone? <laughs> <laughs> I got three. Yeah, we it'll bought three. Happen. So if anybody wants one, go buy your own. <laughs> I, think, I think Brad Pitt loops one at the end. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, All right, so I think uh, we're getting ready to get out of here. Zach, you want to do your thing? Uh, oh, you can't do it if I don't say it right. You can find us online at <laughs> MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com, on Facebook at Recycle Santa Cruz. Send us an email at RecycleMotorcycleGarage at gmail.com, and you can call and leave us a voicemail at... 831-291-5112. And you can... Order you know, pizza. Order pizza. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say leave, leave an intro, but I'd like to hear what people's up-the-butt bikes are or what they want for Christmas. Hitting the Apex needs 41 more people, FYI. It'll happen. And buy our It'll swag. Happen. We got swag for sale. Yeah, so swag. we got t-shirts for sale. Uh, send an email. I'll tell you how to get it from me. And again, thank you, Stu and Zoe, for making the trip down here. I appreciate totally. it. So I think on that note, we're ready to get out of here. This is Liza. I am Zach. How you doing? That would be Mike. This is Stu. Doug. Cool, cool. Not, no. yet. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Zoe. This is Kat. Jim. Charlie. Bagel. And we are out of here. Cool, cool. cool. cool.